Welcome one and all to episode 58 of the Megavision Show, the companion podcast to Megavision's magazine. Today is November the 1st. Oh my God, what a twist. What happened? That's how late we were in the year. Uh, ah, so we're coming down off halloween period. I am Graham Kruger-Cookson, the production editor of Megavision's magazine. Joining me this week, we have, I'm going to get my pointing correct, hopefully this time, we have Scott Zombie, the managing editor of Megavision's and which way is it going it's that way know it and rising from his grave wearing nothing but a pair of furry underpants in true altered beast style we have chris von frankenstein and frankenstein <laughs> and today we are going we're, oh, blah. today we're going to come down from halloween and as usual we'll be answering some of your burning questions we'll have our picks of the week where chris gets spooky with night of the demons scotty makes us watch a youtube video and i'll try to get you reading a book with the final empire plus for our feature discussion this week we'll be reminiscing about some of the scariest moments we faced in totally non-scary games so join us as we grab a power up and then turn into our beast forms with this week's megavision show but before we get to the good stuff let's stomp on the melting jack-o'-lanterns of yesterday and discuss our week so chris Let's start with you and find out what you've been doing and where the heck you've been for the last month or so. Oh, how's it going, guys? Good to be back on the show. It's it's been a while, uh, but it has no, while. it's um, it's mainly just been due to time um, and my lack of time. Really, uh, the weekends are just in, have been insane for me with with uh, kids' sports. Uh, the twins and Odin are all are all in sports, so it's like Saturdays and Sundays are just have been insane. And then also with with the kids' school, I've I've told you guys, you know, uh, several times. I basically am now a stay at home a teacher uh, for my kids, and so um, that's basically been my life, man. I'm just waiting for for you know COVID and everything else to get back to normal. Um, but that's really why um, I've had to just kind of step away for a little while uh, from the podcast. Just I just don't like physically just have the time in my life anymore. Um, but I was able to, you know, thankfully. A lot of the games were canceled this weekend, uh, so Chris just had a game earlier today, and I was telling you guys it was pouring rain the entire time, so it was pretty wild. But I was able to get out relatively early, so I was able to jump on the show with you guys. Um, super excited about it. Um, but yeah, we had Halloween yesterday, oh, and yeah. man, I was I was really worried going into this week because I didn't know if we were even going to. If they're even gonna allow trick or treating, right. um, did you did you guys like? Did you notice were the kids trick or treating around your guys' neighborhoods? Go ahead, Graham. Oh, I was gonna let you answer that first, Scotty. I will want. be more polite than you this day today. Okay, fair enough. Um, so around my actual flat, not really because they don't actually really do much trick or treating around this bit because because we're in flats, it's a bit awkward. Um, although our neighbours actually put out some um, sweets or candy, as you guys say, which was really nice for everyone in our little block. But I happened to drive to my parents' house yesterday, and they live on a more kind of residential street where I grew up and stuff, and kids are around. So they actually had a lot of kids trick-or-treating. I was actually surprised how many there were out. And uh, so, yeah, people are doing it. Interesting. Yeah, that's awesome. What we, about you, uh, We had... Um... Two years ago, we were out of town for Halloweens, and that was the first Halloween we were at this place that we live in now, so we didn't know how things happen. Last year, we didn't see anyone out and about. This year, we were we happened to need to run errands yesterday, and we drove past one uh, place. A lot, of, um, a lot of fire departments were hosting a thing where parents would park their cars and like pop open their trunks, and that would be the spot for kids to go to to get 
candy in the parking lots. Um, but when we actually got to our street, I had to turn off of our street because there were so many trick or treaters. Uh, we were very surprised because oh there, um, what it, I don't know if this was like a neighborhood thing or if this was like what the community decided to do, but everybody had, so we live in a duplex, but it is on a residential street with a lot of other duplexes and real and, and full houses. But, uh, almost every house had a pretty much like a, a, a table at the end of their driveway with candy on it. And they were kind of standing back and kids were getting candy and stuff. So it was pretty cool. Nice. We felt Rachel's like, do we have to go? She's like, do we have to like prep candy? And I'm like, I don't know. Do you want to? She's like, not really. No, because <laughs> like, it was already we weren't sure how late it was going on. And it was almost dusk at that point. So we weren't too mm. worried about it. But yeah, it was actually happening on our street. So it was kind of cool that it was still going on. Yeah, that was yeah. that was pretty neat. Uh, so we took the kids uh, to uh, the next kind of neighborhood over that that we typically go and uh, trick or treat at. And I was like you; a lot of people had little stands at the end of their driveways and things like that. What I also noticed was a lot of people had like they made like their like little bonfire. They had like the little oh, um, oh god, what are they? The little metal things you put wood in and burn it. What is it called? Uh, it's like it holds like a little kettle wood. looking thing like a, 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 a fire pit is what oh, i'm trying to oh, okay. okay. fire pit so they had fire pits at the end of their driveway just oh, hanging out and stuff interesting i actually found it better than what halloween typically is like because it felt more personable uh mm. where people were out all in the neighborhood and everyone was just kind of outside it, it seemed awesome uh, in addition, our local fire, de- our police department was driving around and, and playing uh, Halloween songs like Ghostbusters and stuff really loud and just <laughs> making sure cool. everyone's safe yeah. and stuff. It, like it made it all uh, just a very fun, friendly, safe uh, time. And I got to say, like, I didn't have high hopes for Halloween going into, you know, 2020 being COVID and everything yeah. else. But I have to say it was actually a lot of fun. And uh, the boys, they both dressed up as those. Um, it's basically like a full black outfit and then you have these like uh the the string man leds tied to you so you're basically like, uh, okay uh, like be cool nice so oh, yeah you froze, um you froze for me entirely when you were going like this so what were they they were they were the enemies from night trap right <laughs> they were stick figures <laughs> what? Okay. with leds uh, leds on them and so you you basically run around and you look like a stick figure oh uh, interesting a lit, lit up stick stick figure so hmm. um, oh I'll, also uh, you might want to keep an eye on, you know, everybody's getting discount candy now. Rachel did let me know that that 12-foot-tall skeleton that everybody's seen in everybody's front yards, it's marked down from $300 to 75 so if anybody wants to get that, you're insane. Wow. There's a dude oh. uh, on Main Street that just moved in, and he had, like, three or four of those things. I believe it. It was awesome. <laughs> it was... It, it, his house looked amazing he just bought it he just moved into this house and they they painted they fixed it up it looks really really good and then he it just looks it just looks way nicer than it did before but now he's he he's like pimped it all out for halloween and i have to say it was awesome um really good stuff but yeah i saw those giant skeletons and i was like what the heck where do you get those so apparently you get them at home depot is that you're saying yeah yeah basically you can get them for 75 bucks now so wow don't um Outside of that, um, real quick, um, I've been, you know, other than being the stay-at-home dad, I've been trying to, like, eat better, take care of myself a little bit better. So um, when the last time I was on, I was was probably 
close to like my heaviest I've ever been in my life. I was like 197, which is heavy for me. Um, and so now um, I've just been eating better. I've been almost drinking no alcohol at all, um, which is also awesome for me. Um, and working out more. And since maybe about a month or so ago, I've already lost about 12 pounds. So wow. I'm just going to keep trying to, to go until I get my goal weight. So Ring fit, baby. Not really. I did get the ring fit, but <laughs> I tried it once. I'm like, I, I'm not going to be able to do this. Oh, what do you mean? So like it was too, did you bump it up too high for yourself or what? I, I, it's just not the type of workout that I enjoy. It's yoga oh, and cardio. Okay. Yeah, I just, I, I, if I'm going to be doing cardio, like I, I like the Peloton for cardio. I, I really enjoy that. And if I'm going to go for any sort of like, because I want to start doing more weightlifting. So I'm going to be getting that's not back into that is. again this week. <laughs> yeah. I know, I know, but those are the type of, that's the type of working out that for me, I, I want to do. So yeah. um, for me, that's what I want to do. Um, but I've heard really good things about Ring Fit from other people. I think including you guys. Yeah. It, it's it's made for. Are, are y'all still doing it? It's no. <laughs> um, it's uh, um, I, <laughs> I, uh, I back into it. It's been long story short. It was a very stressful start to the month of October, and both Rachel and I fell out of our routines of using that thing just because way more important stuff was happening, and I couldn't push myself to get up an hour earlier than I needed to during the week. Yeah. Um, but it is that it's, thing it's, it's is. Weird, uh, I, I was just going to say that thing is made with definitely apartments in mind, but we don't have any equipment or anything. So it's good for our uh, stance in terms of like, we don't have weights. Mm. We're not going to get gym memberships. Uh, we're not going to, we don't have room for any type of equipment or anything. So it's good in terms of that. But like, I will still, I will still, I will still go to my mom's and play my drums. Cause that's where my set is. Cause we don't have room here, but like, that's a workout for me, not for, Definitely for cardio, but like that's what Ring Fit is for us as well. But it, it would be nice if we we even don't even really have enough room for Ring Fit because we couldn't keep moving our table back and forth. It's uh, um, not supposed to be moved. We almost broke the thing because we kept trying to move it on our own individually. Um, so long story short, not using Ring Fit as much, but it, it's made. I think they did a good thing with making it usable in apartments, especially when you're on a second floor because mm-hmm. you can do instead of running, you can do like squats to not make as much uh, uh, floor noise. Um, I don't remember what the question was initially, but we're not using Ring Fit as much. <laughs> <laughs> that was basically the question. Is, are you still using Ring Fit? Not as much. We should. I, I need to get into that. Nick was on a couple of weeks ago, my buddy. He was saying that mixing it up, and that's also another thing, is like we would do it every day, so it got old. We need to mm. mix it up and use... There's like a punching, a boxing game or something for Switch that he mentioned. Um, yeah, I mean, I would like to do something with weights, but there's just no, I don't know. We don't have enough floor space to really do exercises here. Hmm. So I don't know. That's my excuse, I guess. Got to get back into it though. I hear you. What about you, Graham? So yeah, I haven't done it for a while, actually, to be fair. Uh, I just, I just kind of got out of my routine. I used to go up really early. Like when I used to drive into the office, I used to go up at like 5am and stuff and leave the house before six. So when lockdown happened, I was still getting up pretty early. Like, even if it's like seven o'clock, that's like two hours before I'm meant to start work. And then just slowly, I've been going to bed later and later and waking up later and later. And so some days I'm like waking up at like 10 to nine, like oh, roll out of bed, sort of have a quick clean and then go, yeah, I'm here. 
hi guys um so yeah my my routine's out the window i have also got a folding exercise bike which i bring out occasionally so sometimes i will hop on that for like half an hour i need to get back into some sort of routine but ring fit's really fun i i was loving it while i was doing it and then yeah it's just uh, it's just you know lazy it's just pure laziness like i think it's great but yeah <laughs> I think, and and that's with um, what you said, Scotty, for me personally, nail, nail it on the head. It's just like when your life gets really busy and you get stressed, like for, for me, and it's, it's not the right decision, but like working out is always the first thing to go because I'm just like, I already kind of don't want to do it anyway, especially if it's cardio. And <laughs> right. so part of me, I think the kind of the bitch in me is just like, don't do it. Don't do it. You got other stuff to do and yeah. you got all this other stuff. So the, the, and that's for me personally is like where the challenge happens is like overcoming that inside me where I'm telling like, don't work out. Just, you know, I'd rather just hang out and just sit down and watch a movie or something like that. So like that internal struggle that I have, um, is something that I like almost daily. I try to, um, and, my brother and I signed up for a Plant Fitness membership this past week, so tomorrow is going to be like the first wow. day we actually go back into the gym um, since all this happened. Uh, so my daughter, she goes to the same gym, and I've been talking to her about it. Uh, it's a Plant Fitness, but she said it's, it's they've been doing like a really good job of keeping it clean, social distancing. You have to wear your mask the entire time you're working out, um, that sort of thing. So um, I think it, it seems like it's safe. I'm just looking forward to getting back in the gym and trying to like get back into shape in some form of shape yeah. that I, I can I can be in at this point in my life. At least. Yeah, I think for myself, Ooh. the biggest thing, and th- this might be a pro tip maybe for anyone that's really doesn't understand working out in the morning as opposed to like after work. For myself, it would actually help me. Not aside from it being healthy, uh, it would wake me up earlier and get me more prepared for the day than waking up half an hour before I have to clock into work like being up way earlier even though I'm not doing as much of a workout as I should just mentally being awake earlier than I would be normally for sleeping in and sleeping exercising it kind of helps you and you're in a better mood usually after working out for the day Mm -hmm. I just gotta not be lazy pro tip (laughs) (laughs) so have you Um, any pickups this week Chris I did. Uh, I had one pickup. It is Night of the Demons Ooh. on Blu-ray. This is a collector's edition uh, from uh, Scream Factory. Nice. Uh, and we recently did this on an episode of uh, my, the Bloodsick and Geeks podcast. Um, but I've never seen this. I had never seen this movie before. I remember seeing the uh, the box art uh, at my local uh VHS rental store growing up and it's called Night of the Demons and it had like this isn't the official box art of what it looked oh, like okay. back in the day this is all redone but Angela is the, the kind of the main character for the audio listeners do you want to describe what we're looking at because she is this giant or she's basically a demon uh dressed up as uh in She's going to like a prom. She's like in a prom dress and everything. Yeah, so the gist of the story is, and I'll talk more about it later. Um, I just want to, it's basically the, a group of kids go into this uh, old abandoned house. that's supposedly haunted and all this weird stuff happens. They perform a seance and they actually get a demon to come and it starts possessing um, all the other kids and it turns them into these like monstrous, like ghoulish looking creatures that basically are trying to murder everyone else. Uh, okay. And there's lots of hijinks and stuff. I'll go into it more in the show. 
Uh, but that's my been my one pickup. Um, I'm really glad to have this in my collection now. Um, I don't have it here in front of me, but I also had uh, this giant uh, Friday the 13th uh, collector's edition that has mm. every single movie in the collection. It wow. was insane. I bought it on a whim just because I'm an idiot. I pre-ordered it like six months ago. for It was like $130 or something insane. It was stupid expensive. And it finally just showed up out of nowhere. It came in this giant box. It was way bigger than it needed to be. It looked like you could almost fit like an eight-foot basketball goal in it or something. It was weird. And you open it up, and it's just this... The reason being, I guess they added these, like, big posters in there, but the box for the Blu-ray is, like, this big, and you got this, like, giant box. It's insane. So, um, anyway, that was my pickup, Night of the Demons, and um, sorry it takes so long, but want to get you guys caught up on what I've been up to. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Well, welcome back. Two comments. Thanks, guys. One comment. Okay. Chris, you need to pick up the documentary The Last Blockbuster, because I think you'd enjoy it. I mentioned it last week. Um, Okay. Second follow-up with that. I think you might support me in thinking that there's a slim possibility that VHS might come back. <laughs> Dude, I think I think it is, man, because yeah. it's weird. There, a lot of these dead formats are starting to come back, and VHS is... I, I can see it happening. I can see it happening. Yeah. Um, we don't I, need to get in a long discussion, but I just knew if anyone would support me in that slight idea that there's a possibility of BU. <laughs> yes, I agree. I agree 100%. Okay. Wow. <laughs> Okay, so Scotty, what's uh, what's been happening with your week? Uh, well, you know, as my name states, Scott Zombie, I have been uh, digging through the ditches and burning through the witches as I slam them in the back <laughs> of my Dracula. Um, but no, I'm not. <laughs> You're Pretty welcome. Up. You did this. <laughs> Don't shake your head at me. You gave me the name. <laughs> um, <laughs> no. Excuse me, not really much, honestly. Um, it's been a week of a lot of different um, bands have been doing online concerts, and since Halloween fell on a Saturday, everyone and their mother had to do a concert. So we honestly watched The Midnight, Friday night, and then last night we watched The Main, and now Rachel's actually currently downstairs catching up on Switchfoot's concert that they had earlier uh, wow. in the week. So a bunch of online concerts, which is cool and awkward, but fun. Um Really, we haven't done much else. Kind of had a busy week full of adult type stuff, but um, fun, responsible things. And uh, but we did we 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 bought some pillows. Do you guys want to see pillows? Oh yeah, I'm always up for a good pillow. Ooh, look at those! So to clarify, oh, those are actually really cool. Yeah, to clarify for the audience, um, well, you guys have both been to our <laughs> been to our house. I don't know why I'm short of breath today. Um, we have a bunch of movie posters framed in the living room and different like autographed portraits of people and whatever from conventions. So we got some matching um, pillows. This one is the Creep Show. Like looks like one of the issues of the comic. Uh, has all of them on the back there as well. Um, and then the oh, other nice. one here is uh, Tar Man from uh, Return of the Living Dead. Uh, and we got some the the other one downstairs uh i wasn't going to just take away a pillow that rachel was using but she well, another one is the necronomicon um and we got some that's blankets awesome. and stuff too i'll uh I where'd mean, you see you got those at oh well, that's a good question maybe one of these have a tag on it and it doesn't um but i'll lean back and show you guys this blanket i don't need to show everyone everything we got but uh let's see if this works. oh that's cool that's what i'm looking yes 
Oh, wow. So it's like an Evil Dead, I guess, DVD box it's art. It's like the like, VHS box out. art. Yeah, yeah. The VHS, it's even. Like, yeah. Yeah, they take the VHS covers. Um, the other one that we have, I won't completely... Well, maybe fuck it. Yeah. I'll hold it. I'll hold it. Yeah, do it. Yeah. Um, I want to see more. Ooh. That's uh, funny. Scotty, that's uh, creep show just, nice. me and my um, buddy Corey, we just did an episode on Creepshow um, on the Bloodsucking Geeks podcast. Nice. Yeah, so it's um, the blankets. I they're long that. throw blankets that are shaped like the VHS covers. If you were to cut them out and basically unfold them like a book. Um, so we got uh, Evil Dead and Creepshow, the VHSs of them, or the whatever. I said that, sort of. Sorry, I was just saying, I love the way you say unfold it like, like a book, but you don't really, I guess, well, I guess actually when you're reading, you do unfold a book. Never mind. I, was, I mean, I, like, if you just... if you got the VHS box and you you took it apart, like you would compact cardboard yes, or yes. something. But you when you said unfold it like a book, I was like, that is that what you do? But yeah, you do actually. Well, you, I, don't worry, I'm just being an idiot. Oh, I'm the stupid one here. Don't and, worry. Uh, yeah. Well, you thought they were DVD cases, but that's what you do with them now. But yeah, a VHS box would just be you just pull yeah. the thing out. Yeah, you're right. Never um, mind. Don't worry. Yeah. So she found my, those my... online, so it matches the horror and the movie theme of the living room. That's awesome. Do you feel like those are officially licensed product? I think they are because it's. Um, let me ask her where she got them from. Only reason why I'm, I, I'm, I'm saying that um, because. I wouldn't be surprised if they're not, um, actually. But the reason being is that if this is just a company like printing, okay, the using just files that they're going to get it up online and just printing uh, throw blankets on it. No, they're where, where, from, from? creepyco.com. Um, huh. which is, I shouldn't have opened it up now. Everything's going to slow down and lag for a second. But they do have. Uh, so I believe this stuff is not just them slapping it on things because there are a lot of different... There's some Universal Monster stuff like Tiki cups and things and other crap right now. Um, but uh, yeah, I'll... Uh, I was just going to say, my, my point was, I wonder if this would be a popular thing with like video games. Like putting mm. video game box art on a throw blanket. Has that happened yet? Are they doing that now? I have and seen I... that, but not like by the devs. I've seen it through like Fan Gamer and stuff like that. But that's what I'm saying. Stuff like that. I haven't. I haven't noticed it. I don't think. But I would assume like you would see that stuff at conventions, and, and people would probably. Yeah, love that. I've definitely seen it very unofficially at conventions mm. and other places. <laughs> that's but, what I mean. Yeah, that's yeah. what I mean. So I don't know if too many people jump on them. Like I mean, there's a Sonic right. thing behind me, but that's not. Uh, like under everything else but yeah i mean not much has gone on but we got those for the uh the living room nice. and stuff so that's awesome cool um so for me uh so i, I don't know if you guys heard you you guys have your own situations going on over there but the uk is now going back into lockdown from right. this thursday uh so that means basically the only shops are going to be open are really uh like supermarkets and, and essential places so, I heard that wasn't it just to like a they wanted to have some sort of temporary like curve flattening for for some there for, there was a point for it and I remember reading it. I can't remember what it is now but it just seemed strange just to try to do it for like a temporary like so thing. they they believe that if we go back into lockdown for a, at least a month it should flatten the curve again because we basically we when we went to back into lockdown for like three months earlier this year. 
it kind of really did dip things down a bit because we were getting quite high and they sort of dipped it down. So we're hoping to sort of either flatten the curve or go down again, reduce our cases because our cases have been going, going up again quite high. Um, being, uh, our deaths have gone up a bit and our, ca- our cases have shot up from like 2,000 a day to like 25,000 a day. Um, so yeah, they're like, if we do this now before Christmas, we'll try and do that and see. So by the say, December the 2nd, they, they, they've sort of said that's when we'll lift the lockdown if the curve has flattened, basically. If it hasn't flattened, we're still going to stay in lockdown. Um, but yeah, so most shops are going to shut. Uh, again, I guess that's... But they've extended their, what they call the furlough scheme. So yeah. some companies which basically, rather than making everyone unemployed or redundant, yeah. those companies are going to be able to pay people still by using government schemes. So... Yeah, hopefully that will help some people with their jobs and stuff. Uh, my job seems safe at the moment, so I'm thankful for that. So thank God. Even though I was complaining about it last week, I am thankful I've got a job this morning. <laughs> like, it's stressful at the moment, but my God, yeah. So yeah, that's just a thing that came out. So yeah, I'm going to be stuck in my flat even longer now. Brilliant. Um, <laughs> I think I have a feeling like the same thing's going to be happening to us, though, too, Graham. So. Well, they've already, um, uh, I think New York and a couple other states have gone back into lockdown. I think Ohio did. Mm. I forget where else exactly. Yeah, yeah New Jersey hasn't, yeah. you know, gone into any, any official quarantine or anything like that. Um, I've just heard some rumblings and stuff around that they may be going, you know, having more sanctions and stuff. I don't know if, like, we're going to go back how it was before but i think they'll probably start like maybe closing restaurants and bars and things like that you know i i I would be i could see that happening i don't know about like a full lockdown though yeah it's i i haven't really been out to see friends and stuff that much but i went out to see a friend at a bar like a couple of days ago we just us two we had a drink and stuff it was really nice it's like this is great because like they do table service now i'm like this is really nice but yeah and i was like oh i can't go out again now really i yeah. should have i should have taken more advantage of it when i could i uh, um, I, I, I don't like i don't want to bring down the mood too much but it's been starting to get to me uh how little i've actually been communicating with people thank thank god that rachel and i have each other during all of this because it i can't mm-hmm. imagine being solo um but it started to hit me a little bit and i think that happened when we saw some of her family recently but like just how because uh, my buddy like someone I've known my entire life, he's like, "Hey, do you and Rachel want to hang out with me and so and so?" And I was like, for a second, I was like, "Oh, I haven't seen him in a while. That would be cool." But then I mentioned to Rachel, she's like, "No." <laughs> and I'm like, "Oh yeah, <laughs> we're in quarantine." <laughs> Whoops. Yeah. And I was like, "Hey, sorry to be honest, we've seen no one except for her family lately, and that's probably not going to happen." And he completely understood. Um, uh, if there was anyone that was a person that yeah. was my same brain and another person, it would be the it would be him. So he completely understood. But uh, it was, it's it's definitely been getting to me a little bit. And so I'm trying to do things with people outside of the Megavisions crew that I stream and do things with, like, every day. Um, so it's hard. But, I mean, masks up and just be yeah. smart out there. But, you know, um, you got to look at the bright side somehow and catch up with movies while you can, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but move, moving away from, I guess, lockdown and all that horrible stuff, uh being stuck at home i've actually been watching quite a few movies and this year i've been watching a bit more i'm gonna do this inverted commas horror movies uh so i'm not hugely into the horror the thing i look there are some horror movies i do like like the thing i like alien ring as well the original japanese ring i love but uh i've been watching some movies on netflix which are categorized as horror but i i wouldn't call them horror at all um one of them is called annihilation which is a couple of years Ooh, old it stars I Nasty Portman. That. no spoilers um, it's 
Okay. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. Okay, well, I won't say anything about it. I won't say anything about it. I, should I say the vague premise or do you not want to know anything? I mean, I, for myself and maybe other people listening or watching, I thought it was straightforward sci-fi and then I learned a, bit, a little bit about it. I kind of got spoiled on a little stuff and I was like, oh, this is a horror film. Like, did not, right. like the trailers I saw did not give that impression at first. Yeah. So I wouldn't class it as a proper horror movie, but there are definitely some bits which are a bit freaky. Mm-hmm. Um, and some sort of bits that for some people might be like, oh my God, sort of thing. But I feel like it wasn't like a proper scary horror movie. Uh, but yeah. And um, another one I watched was called Freaks, uh, which again is a couple of years old now, I think, which stars Emile Hirsch. And there's a few other actors in there I recognize, but have no idea what their names are. And that's kind of a, I guess, like a superhero-y kind of thing. But it's, it's, it's clearly like an indie. They didn't have a big budget. It's clearly like an indie movie. I don't know that But one. it's really well done. Um, the best way for me to explain it is there are some people in the world who now have powers. And each successive generation, their powers get stronger. But some sort of cataclysmic event happened, which killed loads of people. So now it's basically illegal to be what they what people call freaks basically um and there was like an armistice like they said like you guys can go and live over here but anyone who else is living in our cities and living among us you will be killed basically so it's kind of about this guy trying to protect his daughter because um she might be growing up to be a freak uh a certain period in their life they sort of their powers unlocked um so he's trying to like look after his daughter and like keep her safe and it's a really slow burn at the start like there's stuff happening and you're just like the fuck is going on and stuff it's almost it's just a bit weird but then suddenly like everything starts clicking into place and it was really good i really enjoyed it um so yeah it's it's i'm not gonna say it's like the most amazing movie ever but i've had a lot of fun with it in the end but again it's not really a horror movie at all there's like one moment that we go oh because i just wasn't expecting it but the rest of it i was like this is not horror at all um and then one other one was called cargo um which is it's an Australian-made movie, but stars Martin Freeman, who's from um, Sherlock Holmes. He's he was um, uh, F- uh, Frodo Baggins in the Hobbit movies. Um, do you know who we're talking about? Wait, is Frodo, like looking is, up. Uh, um, sorry. Oh no, Bilbo. Wait, is it Bilbo? Frodo's, Frodo's in the Lord of the Right, sorry. Bilbo Baggins, then. I just got the okay. two Baggins mixed up. So, I mean, so, yeah, Bilbo Baggins in the Hobbit movies. So, the younger Bilbo right. Baggins, Martin Freeman. Um, but it's kind of, it's not necessarily a zombie movie, but it's kind of a zombie movie. There's there's some sort of event, like a virus has happened, which is kind of turning people into kind of sort of undead creatures, but they never say they're zombies or anything. And essentially, it's about him trying to protect his daughter and save his daughter. And so, like, kind of stuck in the middle of nowhere in Australia. Uh, okay. It was again. It was another slow-moving movie, but I still had a lot of fun with it. So yeah. Um, but yeah, other than that, I have a couple of pickups, both digital, so I can't actually show you. One of them is Resident Evil Eight. Uh, I haven't played that at all yet, but I picked up Resident Evil Two Remake because it's quite cheap on Xbox at the moment. And I played that for a little bit, and I am really enjoying it. But it's way less scary than I think the original Resident Evil Two was. I feel like the camera angle in the old games made it scarier because yeah. you can't see round corners and stuff. Right. So the new one, like I could sort of kind of anger myself to look around the corner with a torch and go, yep, I can see, um, one of the, what are they called? Lickers. I can see a liquor on the ceiling. Mm-hmm. That's not going to get me. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I'm enjoying it so far. Uh, good, um, good game. So hmm. 
I think you maybe meant to say Resident Evil 7 because you said Resident Evil 8. Oh, sorry, 7. I, seven. Like, <laughs> I haven't played that either. Uh, I don't think anyone has. <laughs> I I apologize. It was Resident Evil 7. Yes, that's um, right. Well done. <laughs> yeah, and I'll, I'll say, I mean, that's why I like the originals better. And I know I'm in the minority digging those tank controls, but I prefer the static camera angles because, yeah, you... The, the less control you have over an environment and over your situation, the more survival horror it is. So that's why they're spooky, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah, I, I think I think something sort of Code Veronica on the Dreamcast is my favorite one. I love that because it was yeah. everything was in three D and stuff. But you don't yeah. like it, no? I go back and forth on it. I think I need to give it a better, yeah. honest shot because I had I struggled to get through that game. I had a lot of game breaking mm. things happen to me. There is a game breaking thing with the fire hydrant, I think, or whatever, and or not the fire oh. hydrant. Yep, the fire hydrant that Claire sticks in her pocket. The fire extinguisher. <laughs> um, oh, but, I didn't. Yeah. Okay, I've never heard of that. I've I I finished that game back when it first released and never had a single problem with it. But yeah. I liked it because because the whole all the environments are actually in three D. Right. Like on the Saturn and PlayStation originals, you could always see what things could be moved and what would, yeah. you know, like all all the puzzles and stuff. But this, it seemed like because all the environments are three D and all the graphics were kind of the same, it made it a bit more immersive. I found so yeah, and they were able to use some cool camera angles where. The camera might move around one corner with you and stuff. Um, so I thought I just thought it was really good, uh, but yeah, I but it, I, I, enjoy the, I enjoy the modern Resident Evils. I just think yeah. they're not as scary. I, I want to give uh, this is a Graham specified pro tip for RE7, um, because based on your views on Alien Isolation, the f- the front of that game is the scariest part. So if you get beyond a certain part in Resident Evil 7, I think you could finish that game, Graham, because it is it does okay. it does what any game dev would do, put some of the best stuff at the front to keep people interested. But then it, mm. it's severe. In my opinion, anyway, granted, I play a lot of spooky games. In my opinion, the scariest part is in like the first three hours of that game. And then once you get over a certain hump, you're plowing through. You know how to avoid okay. enemies and stuff like that and avoid the scares, in my opinion. Yeah, I feel like I find that with most Resident Evil games, actually. Like, I was always yeah. a bit more scared at the start. And then, so with Resident Evil 2, I was a bit surprised. I was like, I think I had a couple of jumps at one point. But other than that, I was like, one jump was when I fell through a floor. Yeah. Because I just didn't expect it. I was like, ah! But there was nothing there to kill me. Really. Well, there's a zombie right. in the room. I was like, oh, I can see a zombie. I'll shoot that in the head, basically. But otherwise, yeah, anyway. <laughs> um, but that's me. That's me this week. So, yeah, a couple of pickups, lots of movies, lots of fun. And we don't think we've got any feedback this week, so we'll move away from the feedback forum of Doom. And, okay, and with that, we'll move on to Scotty Moe's Mail Sack of Wonder. That's right, it's the Mail Sack. Let's see what's going on and dip right in. Um, The uh, reliable Mr. Haru coming through with some questions in the Discord. Mm. He asked, what are some content creators you watch that you think deserve more limelight? So that would be like maybe Twitch people, maybe YouTube channels, maybe, you know, uh, if people that don't like we're not talking like this guy on IGN needs more views on his IGN videos, like not something like that. So, um, God damn it. I don't know where my head is. I had one before we started recording and I completely forget it. now. Oh, <laughs> so no. does anybody else have one? Yeah, I, I hear that the Megavision show is pretty damn hot. People should check that stuff out. <laughs> um, in all seriousness, though, Scotty, I genuinely think that you should with your Scotty Mo unboxing <laughs> and stuff. I love that. I ju- I love them. I Thanks. think, yeah, genuinely brilliant. So 
I, yeah, uh, but I have to... yeah, I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, cool. Um, I have to admit, I don't actually watch as much as I used to, so I'm not sure who's popular or unpopular these days. To be honest, I, I, I just don't really have the time between work and doing this and stuff. And yeah, so yeah, I'm actually not sure, but I love, I love your stuff, dude. And thanks. Yeah. I um. It's impossible to make money off that in any way, shape, or form for me now because YouTube has ridiculous standards. I do not get over mm-hmm. 10,000 views per video, and that's never going to happen. <laughs> no, but... <laughs> make it happen. Yeah. In all honesty, I, I do appreciate that, and it's just, it's a release, and it's something fun. It's an, it's an alter ego, so it's, uh, for, for anybody that has no idea, um, I've been doing parody unboxings, did them a lot more when I worked at GameStop and lived with three other GameStop employees because it was a lot easier to just have games around me to open. Um, but that, that is what I do and I appreciate it. I'm actually going through my YouTube stuff and trying to find somebody that's not super popular that I could tell people to watch more of. So while you're doing that, Scotty, I would say, and this is, I'll try to keep it just focused to gaming because there's, I I watch lots of different stuff on YouTube. Mm -hmm. I, I watch like auto stuff, lots of sports and, and so there's like different people in all of those things that I think do deserve more, but for those people listening to our podcast, I don't think they care too much about Dallas Cowboy talk. So um, <laughs> I would say the one guy that he's been doing videos for years, and I think the hardcore people, the hardcore YouTubers know him, and I think he's got great respect. But I don't just on a larger scale, I don't think people really know much. Of, um, but it's uh, Spida One A. He does the he does a series called Turbo Views on uh, on YouTube where he looks at and reviews uh, Turbo Graphics sixteen games. Oh, and his nice. goal is just to do every single turbo release. Um, and he's been at it for years and he takes breaks every once in a while. Like, you know, like everybody, you have stuff, that, you know, it comes up in your life and stuff. So there's been times where he's taken a break for, oh, I would say like a year maybe between episodes. But um, here recently, um, and actually I watched a couple of his videos this morning. Uh, he has been uh getting them going a lot quicker like he did you know like four or five years ago so it's really exciting i don't know if he's getting like towards the end and he's just trying to like crank them out and just trying to get completed or what but uh yeah so his, his name's spider 1a uh and turbo views is the show i think you can go back i mean obviously it's all on youtube but if you want you can go by like blu-rays and all that stuff like all you know they like cool. most youtubers he has that so he's a great one seems like a super nice guy uh, I think, yeah, Spider-1A is a, a great one to get some more views. Is that, uh, for clarity, could you spell their name? Yeah, it's, it's he, I, I can't remember if that, so it's S-P, you think it's an I for spy, you know, it's S-P-I-D-A, but yeah, it's Spider, it's not Spider, and then uh, the number 1A, Spider-1A. Yeah, I'll tell you what, just go to YouTube and search Turbo Views, and it'll come up that way. Because there was already okay. a, a fan of A1 Sauce, and he took uh, Spida A1, I assume. <laughs> That's my joke for the week. See you guys. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> that meant nothing to me. I have to admit, I just didn't get a reference, but yeah, okay. <laughs> Damn it. All right. I'm I got one. Long I, anyway. I thought of one, though. Um, uh, yeah, shout outs to Scott. St- Stop Skeletons from Fighting, um, formerly known as Happy Video Game Nerd. Uh, I think that was was before. Um, But no, him and um, his partner, 
producer Grace, he goes as Uncle Derek, uh, and then producer Grace, uh, they put out a lot of great stuff. I found out about him through a video about Deep Fear on the Saturn, um, and they go in, they go down holes of the weird stuff. Like, we're talking, one of the more recent videos was Secrets of the PlayStation 1 Mouse. Um, like, he just did a video on the chainsaw controllers, um, all the ports of Resident Evil 4, uh, some of the more interesting stuff like that. Um, he has a lot of oh. some videos based on accessories. He's done stuff with the fishing rod controller for Dreamcast. Um, they, the video that got me into them was uh, was stuff around Deep Fear and just how crazy it is and um, that it exists mm. amongst other things. Uh, but yeah, it's I'm trying to find. But yeah, they do they do stuff. Uh, their series called Punching Weight essentially celebrates the weird and unnecessary, the bizarre and unnecessary. So stuff like that. So stuff like yeah. ports of doom that should not exist. Like how someone made <laughs> a Game Boy Color game on whatever else and like different things. So um, yeah, yeah. Stop skeletons I, from fighting. They're very cool. When you said that the chainsaw controller, I completely forgot that was even a thing. That was like Resident Evil, one of the Resident Evil games, wasn't it? Or something. Resident four, was it? Yeah, it four. was with four on the GameCube at first, <laughs> and it works with any. Yeah, I forgot that even existed. Wow. Yeah, yeah, and then you can also. Um, I mean, this isn't taken away from his video entirely. I do recommend it, but you can also use that on anything that uses the GameCube controller. Um, peripheral for like Wii and Wii U and uh. Switch. I, I seriously want one just so I can be the asshole who brings a chainsaw controller to the Smash Brothers tournaments. <laughs> yes, I love it. That, so, yeah, that, stop is, that is from fighting staging stuff. your dominance right there. Yeah, boys, I'm yeah. here to play. Well, unfortunately, <laughs> the GameCube one does not make noise, but the oh. PlayStation 2 chainsaw controller, the start button is mapped to the pull cord. So you to hit oh. start. There is also a start button on it, but you literally go to like pause it. So it's just absolutely absurd. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Good question though. Yeah, very good question. And then another. He had another one here. Do you have any Sega games that is a go-to for lazy Sundays or days where it's pouring rain and you've nothing to do? I guess say yes, but I can't think off the top of my head now. Oh sure. My I'll go. I'll. Shining Force for me. Um, that's okay. a, a super chill game. I love the music. I it, It's one of those games where you can instantly play and you feel like it's brought you back like home in a way, if that makes sense. Uh, that game is mine. Um, and I don't even have to play for very long. I can just play it a, a few battles and, and get through um, some of the early portion of the game. And sometimes that's all I need. And I, I love it. I love going back to that game. That's cool. Um... I thought of something else for Stop Skeletons from Fighting, but we'll get back to it later if we have time. Anyway, uh, Rainy Day Sonic game, probably, or Rainy Day Sega game, Jesus Christ. I don't know that it would actually be a Sonic game, but um, Bomberman is always good. Saturn Bomberman is something Mm -hmm. I can just chill, and if I make progress in, cool. If not, doesn't matter, but it's just doing a couple matches, and it's a good time. It's a chill thing. It's a chill thing, even though it's the most chaotic multiplayer game you'll ever play. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I think for me, it used to be Burning Rangers on the Saturn. I used to love just picking it up. Because even though that's one of those games you can sit down and keep playing for quite a few hours, like it's also, for me, it's a good pick-up-and-play game. As is Nights into Dreams, that's another great one to pick up and play. But I've been playing less and less Saturn over the years. Um, and it probably used to be something like Speed Devils. I'm always picking that up. Even though it's technically not a Sega game, but it's a Saturn... No, a Dreamcast exclusive. 
or Toy Commander. So those would be ones I'd... Again, yeah. Toy Commander's a game you could suck hours into, but I sometimes just like picking it up and just, yeah, even just flying around one of the rooms and stuff and just exploring and going, wow, look at this. Yeah. So yeah, those are those are my ones. Those are my go-to games for that. Yeah, Toy yeah. Commander, even if you're stuck on some levels, I will say that campaign can be super chill, aside from the ones that have like timers on them, which are just annoying. But Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, totally. That's cool. Yeah, no, good great questions. questions. And I want to tailor. I want to uh, trail back to stop skeletons from fighting real quick. The the video that got me into them seriously was their uh, breakdown of the Mighty Number no. Nine fiasco. Um, and I learned of that. Brett of Megavisions actually directed me to it because of how eerily closely it mirrored the Shenmue Three release. Um, but it was very interesting. Um, their Mighty Number no. Nine. It, it's okay. like a, it's a it's over twenty minutes long, but it's a good video if you're ever curious. Of like, yeah. it, it made sense on how Mighty Number no. Nine messed up so bad, but. Wow. Okay. Um, yeah, it's interesting though. But yeah, both those are uh, pretty good questions. So thank you for those, Mr. Haru. That in mind, cool. we're going to uh, hop right out of the questions because that's going to do it for what is it called? The mail sack. <laughs> Beautiful. Love it. And with that, we'll take a quick break and then we'll be right back for our picks of the week. I want to let you guys know that Megavisions has a Patreon at www.patreon.com slash Megavisions. And when you're there, you can choose to uh, get either a physical or digital issue of the magazine. Uh, we ship uh, worldwide, so you can get one wherever you live. And if you subscribe to the physical edition, you automatically receive the digital issue uh, as well. And we only charge your account when we're actually ready to ship an issue. So you don't have to worry about getting uh, random charges that you don't understand why they're coming your way. We are uh, very clear and we let everyone know uh, like the weeks leading up to when we're actually going to charge everyone's account. So uh, anyway, please go check it out. Uh, like I said, it's uh, www.patreon.com slash megavisions. And with that, we'll move on to our picks of the week. So, as always, we'll be choosing something that we think you people might enjoy. So it could be a movie, a TV show, a book, a board game. Something that we've been getting on with that we think other people might enjoy as well. So, with that said, Scott Zombie, what is your pick of the week? Oh, I forgot. Yep. Dead I Am The One, Exterminating Sun, Slipping Through the Trees and strangling the breeze these lyrics are bad i've never looked at the lyrics for this song <laughs> <laughs> anyway the 90s am i right or something i don't even know it doesn't matter anyway since it's still spooptober been watching a lot of uh giant bomb series six crazy frights sorry um and uh which is something that their hosts abby and Vinny do uh, normally, Abby plays through spooky games while Vinny is in the booth messing with sound and stuff. But since uh, it's COVID times now, they have been doing online co-op spooky games. Normally, Ooh. it's Abby in either VR um, or something like they started the whole series three years ago playing PT in VR, uh, but have gone on and done some other stuff. Some not so great games, some pretty funny experiences. A lot of Abby just screaming her head off. Um 
But one that I want to recommend a specific episode. Um, it is a bittersweet thing that Abby is leaving Giant Bomb, but it's a great series. And still want to recommend it to everybody. The episode, uh, actually, I'll get the number here as well. It's uh, 402, uh, where they play the game Pacify, which is a co-op horror game uh, where you have to essentially expel some spirits from houses or different areas. Um, it's not like Phasmophobia entirely. Um, Phasmophobia. Yeah, it's not entirely like that because there's no checklist or anything like this. It's a it's a first person co-op uh, horror thriller horror thriller based game. Um, but that episode of it, like even if you just watch the first 15 minutes, it's hilarious because they go through some stuff. They they test out games enough to make sure it's not like a dumpster fire, but they don't play too much that they're not surprised when they go into it. Um, right. So they got to a point which they did not experience before, and it was hilarious how like. Vinny, Vinny is a father of two kids, but his like dad mode kicked in to protect Abby from a certain situation that was hilarious, and it just ended up being okay. like it's the first time like Rachel and I have like started to cry laughing at a certain part. I don't, I'm, I'm, I was gonna say I don't want to hype it up too much, but I totally am. Um, <laughs> but it's so fun. I used to not be into watching people's reactions to games and like stuff like that, but getting more into streaming. A lot of these series are pretty hilarious and pretty entertaining. So, But the, the whole series is called Six Crazy Frights, but specifically episode 402 where they watch Pacify. I'll, of course, link it in the podcast description and everything. Um, cool. It's hilarious. Uh, if you have kids around, they definitely drop some F-bombs, so maybe don't watch with them if, if that's a concern. Um, but it's a good time, and I, I, I wish that we could do stuff like this, that we had the time and could get paid to just play through co-op games and... Um, enjoy the hilarity that ensues. Uh, so yeah. Oh man. Six yeah, I'd, I'd totally be up for talking about that. Yeah. But, yeah. Wow. Okay. That sounds really fun. It's a good time. So I, I don't know if I should ask any questions about it because I actually no, go for don't it. want to know any more. I don't really want to know any more because I, I want to go in blind almost. But um, yeah, I, I, I don't know what to okay. ask. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> um, Chris, have you got any questions about that? Um. I, I don't know who Abby is. Um, oh, where is she going? She they recently got acquired by another. There was a merger with Giant Bomb. They used to be under CBS oh. Interactive, and they're um, so essentially you have the option to continue your contract. She decided not to, uh, mm. and, and uh, more power to her because this is her first job out of college. Which also it's like fuck you. You don't know how fortunate you are. But <laughs> no, but. Um, <laughs> She's been great. Um, she, I've, I've mentioned Giant Bomb before, and the reason it's bittersweet is like she was not my favorite personality on there at first because it, it felt like she was not a gamer, but she was strong on the production side. Um, but, uh, but then, like as much as I watched Giant Bomb, you know, Rachel would kind of sit there and sit through some stuff with me. But when Abby was on, she really liked Abby, and so Rachel's actually gotten interested into Giant Bomb due to Abby, and I kind of okay. Abby's kind of warmed up to me as well. But, and then, of course, it figures because two weeks ago she announced she's leaving. Um, but uh, but it's still, like, it's a fun, like, like she was warmed up to her enough that, like, I said, babe, next time we go to, like, PAX, we're going to go to PAX again sometime. We can meet Abby. She was excited about that, but now who knows? Oh, wow, okay. With the state of well, the Well, maybe she's like, going to, did she say what she's going to be doing? Is she staying in gaming? Or is it, like, completely different? Maybe she'll keep streaming? I think she's going to keep streaming her own stuff on Twitch because she's already kind of started doing her own side thing. Um, 
which is sort of what Dan Reichard has done. He left Giant Bomb just before the quarantine uh, happened, and he's been streaming a lot more. Uh, him and Abby have streamed some stuff together. Who's so. left? I don't. I don't know. Even know. Yeah, who, I know Jeff Gersman. That's yes, pretty much will, of Giant Bomb. Who I know of Jeff Gersman is, is he still also, there? He's still there, of course. The founder of Giant Bomb. He's a lifer. Um, Alex Navarro is still there. I think he'll be there forever. I think Vinny will be there forever, and also Brad Shoemaker. They're kind of the core staff on there now still because they were back with the GameSpot days and other stuff. That they were all the original guys, right? Yes. Because yes, all yes. those guys you said, I I know their names. I don't I don't know like other than the first guy. I don't know any of the other dudes. But um, it's cool that they're still doing it though, man. That's yeah. awesome. They yeah, are. That's awesome. Like I forget how Giant Bomb entered my ether. But when I learned that this is this this might make me sound a little bit pretentious, but I don't give a shit. They kept making references to Mystery Science Theater, and so I was like, I think these are good people if they dig MST. So I'm going to keep listening to their podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and and Jeff Gersman is honestly a fan of Sega, and he's like, they were one of the few groups out there that were. Uh, would talk about Sega in a in a higher regard than most people would in terms of console wars and things yeah. like that. So mm-hmm. I think that's also why I kept kept up with them. But mm. I mean, long story short, the whole reason that Giant Bomb exists is very interesting and admirable because it's literally a result of Jeff Gersman getting fired for a bad review on Kane and Lynch and then starting his own fucking company. Oh yes, oh, I remember you that happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I remember that. I remember that whole event happening because it was because yeah. yeah, wasn't the game studio who made Kane and Lynch? They were sponsoring the site or something, yep. and he did a bad review. It's like you realize we've got all this advertising around <laughs> your review about the game. Yeah. You need to change it. Like, no, I'm it's not going to really change cool. it. It's, it's a really cool. game. <laughs> wow, that okay, was just no. a matter of time before something like that happened. Um, yeah, and it just so happened to be a, a very public uh, site. You know, IGN yeah. and everything else, or GameSpot, um, and because it was yeah, it was GameSpot, right? And they yes. he, and they he ended up. I don't remember the full story, but I just want to say I fully supported those guys when they went on to their own thing. Yeah. And it makes mm-hmm. me happy that they're still Giant Bomb, even though they got acquired. I'm sure if they made their money and they're doing yeah. well for themselves, which hey, if someone can can sit there and. I mean, these are like OG guys. These guys have been around for a long time. These aren't like YouTube or Twitch guys. These are dudes that have been writing and, you know, doing this stuff for a long time. Yeah. Uh, So for those guys to catch out or even stay in, but just getting paid, I'm all for it because you don't get that much money, man. And so hopefully they they did get a a little chunk uh, of that. Um, Yeah, it's... it's crazy. They've gone through a couple different ownership shifts and stuff, um, but it was uh, it was announced recently, and they are, yeah, they have a good staff. They have a lot of strong people on there that are varied and and come from different areas. But like the background is insane. Like how long a lot of them have been doing stuff. Like yeah. they have a thing on there now called Giant Bomb Infinite, which is after they hit their ten year anniversary, they have a literal stream where you can choose what's next, but it just cycles through their whole video library of everything they've done. Oh, wow. Um, and uh, and it was... I realized how long they've been doing this stuff when my buddy Lee linked to me uh, a, a TV spot where Jeff Gersman was on a talk show hyping up the Dreamcast. <laughs> and I was like, he looks oh. like he's 19. <laughs> and, like, it's just crazy. Wow. Um, so, anyway, Giant Bomb is cool. And check out Six Crazy Frights. 
Brilliant. Yeah, I, mean, I think I'm going to do that later this evening. That sounds really good. Sweet. Uh, I'll go. I'll go next. Uh, so, uh, yes. So I am going to do. So I, I don't do this very often, but I am going to try and get everybody reading a book. I'm just bring up. I don't have the physical version. I've got it on my Kindle. I'm just waking up my Kindle. Um, let's see if this works on the camera. It's a book called Fine. The Final Empire. Don't know if anyone's ever heard of that. Nope. So it's by an American author called Brandon Sanderson, which his his name is really faint on here. I don't think anyone can actually read that on the camera, but Brandon nope. Sanderson. Um, I've only read one one other of his books before, um, which was called Elantris. And he does sort of, sci, he does sort of fantasy sci-fi, sci-fi books, but they're more fantasy-based. And um, just after reading two of his books now, he's possibly my favourite author of all time. I oh. think he's bloody brilliant. He's... Um, so... The uh, so the final empire is is part of a trilogy of books called the Mistborn trilogy, and there's also some other books set in the Mistborn world. But this is the start of a, a specific trilogy, and the overview of the book is essentially there is a world where an immortal rules over the world, and he's called the Lord Ruler. He's basically a god. Um, he controls pretty much everything. He controls all the politics and like the way the the, the economic system and everything's set up. And the world is sort of split into three main classes beneath him. So there's um, his sort of ministry or his government, who are people with special powers, um, who kind of lay down the laws that he's dictated across the world. There's um, a class of noblemen who are basically uh, these different great houses and smaller houses as well, who are basically rich people. So like the aristocracy from old England or sort of medieval times, they they own land, they own sort of castles and keeps and stuff, and they beneath them um oh and some of them have powers as well these noble men have powers of this like they're kind of like a almost like a royal kind of bloodline um and people with that bloodline tend to have powers and abilities and then you have these people called the scar who are servants or more often than not slaves so some of them do get paid but most of them don't and they kind of work in fields and um work in mines and things like that and they they're basically downtrodden and some of them live in cities, some of them live in plantations and things like that. But essentially, um, it's, it's all based around that sort of politics system and the special powers that certain people have, which come from different types of metal. So like things like steel and iron and stuff, people can actually eat bits of them, like digest them. And when they're inside their system, they can do what they call burning. So essentially they use that metal to be able to do certain abilities uh, but different people have different abilities, and only certain people can use certain types of metal. Um, so this guy was these... some good shit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, and each metal has a set ability. So, for example, there's something called steel pushing. So, if I eat a bit of steel and I'm a steel pusher, I can then push all metallic objects away from me. So, I can pick up a coin and throw a coin. I can make it fly really fast, really far. I can control it. Um, but if I tried to push like a tank, for example, which is way heavier than me, I would get pushed backwards because it's too heavy, if that makes sense. Um, and there's different abilities like that. And they've all got... Like, but can you train yourself to get like stronger or are you always at a limit? Like, is it just the mass? Like, is it it's like... The a, so there's it's no way a human will ever mm. be able to do it, no matter how much training. You just physically can't like generate enough, like, I guess, force... Mm-hmm. Yeah, you wouldn't be able to generate enough force okay. or weight behind yourself. So there is some sort of laws that are yes. like that. Okay. Yeah. Well, so I couldn't like, like push a tank or something. I, I, yeah, I'd be screwed with that. Um, <laughs> and that's just people... my hope of the Rocky montage of someone eventually being able to push a tank with their mind. 
<laughs> That'd be amazing. Uh, on the flip side of that, you've got uh, the, like iron, people who can burn iron, they pull metal towards them. So I could pull myself towards the tank if I could do that. But if I like pull on like a, a door hinge or someone's earring, that would come towards me, if that makes mm. sense. Because, yeah, they, they, they would pull the smaller objects we pulled to me, but I could uh-huh. be pulled towards larger objects. Uh, so it depends on how heavy something is or how well firmly it's, it's, it's held like, down. It's like if Magneto was not as strong as he is. <laughs> yes, kind of. Yeah, you can imagine <laughs> that. Um, but there's, there's more different skills and stuff, and some of them are really cool. Um, but the whole the main purpose of the story actually is around a couple of Scar rebels who both have these abilities to um, burn different metals. Um, so it's kind of about this... They, they sort of become part of this rebellion... And there's an uprising against all the politics and stuff, um, but it's really fa- it's a really good book. The, uh, so Brandon Sanderson, the, the thing I love about him and why he's soon become my favorite author, he is his language is quite simplistic, but it's very creative. So even though he he doesn't like go into huge descriptions about things, you can instantly just view it in your head because the way he talks about stuff, and he's very creative. Um, yeah, and it's it's within the first couple of pages i was just hooked on this book same with elantris um which is the uh, the other book i read of his uh, elantris is a standalone book on its own and after the end of elantris i was like oh my god i want more of this like th- there needs to be more to this story and then my friend told me oh he's done those other books like check check out them they said check out the mistborn trilogy so it's been a few months but i then eventually checked it out i'm like so glad i did i supposed to be on it for the last like month basically such good books i'm i've actually Downloaded the second book in the trilogy. Gonna start reading that, but highly recommend him. He does. He's really good. So Graham, um, um, you are usually the one that, like, I think we convince to buy stuff. <laughs> most podcasts, it seems like most <laughs> most time there's yeah. not a podcast that finishes without Graham buying something um, that either me or Scotty or someone else can to do. But I'll say this, Graham, you actually just convinced me to uh, yes. to buy uh, Mistborn on my kindle reader so i bought it and i'm gonna start reading it oh is that actually is that the whole trilogy you've downloaded or i just bought the first book okay the first book should be called the final empire it is uh, okay good cool it is because right. i know he's it, got it, it, three he's got three other books in the mistborn world so i didn't want you to accidentally download the wrong book but i'm sure they're all amazing so yeah i'm gonna just download i think i'm just gonna buy the whole series anyway so. sweet okay uh, my friend yeah, yeah, Mistborn the me, Final Empire is what it's called, right? Mistborn the Final Empire. Yes, that's yep. right. Um, my friend actually told me the first book in the in the Mistborn trilogy is the worst, but still amazing. <laughs> okay. So she was like, "They just get better," and I'm like, "Oh, MG, yeah, that's happening." Nice. I can't believe you said OMG. I haven't said that like nice. ever. <laughs> that's what books do. Um, yeah. Oh yes, yep. Um, uh, so I, that's I it. Was gonna... Yeah. Like my only comment about that, it sounds cool. Um, the the metals, I mean, that sounds super reminiscent of the plasmids in the Bioshock games. In, How in do ter- they work? I, I, I remember uh, using plasmids. But... Yeah, in, well, they I think they changed the name every freaking game or something. But in terms mm-hmm. of like, they were literally these chemicals or things that you were ingesting or injecting into yourself to, as a human. Oh you could, yes. you, you could then yeah. control fire. You could then move things psychically. Yeah. you could use. You could only interact with certain things but had some sort of x-men type mutant type powers like that so it sounds similar to that i don't know which came first it's not like that's a brand new idea but you know yeah i I guess actually it's kind of very similar yeah once you once you run out of the metal in your body you kind of can't do the power until you ingest some more metal basically 
Um, that's oh. the way it works in the Mistborn books. That reminds me of a character. Don't go around was... eating metal. Yeah, don't do that. Yeah, oh, yeah, just everyone at home, do not do this. Yeah, it's, your daily dose of iron is not by uh, literally finding some <laughs> golf clubs and chomping out a five iron. Don't do that. Oh, dear. Good stuff. Uh, yeah. Uh, so if there's no other questions on that, Chris yeah. von Frankenstein or Stein. Uh, what, um, what is your pick of the week? Uh, I'm going to go back to Night of the Demons just because I want to talk about it a little bit more. Have you guys ever watched this or heard of it before? No, it sounds super generic, it. so I mean, that's not to say I shouldn't check it out because of the generic name, but no, it's yes. a short answer. It is super generic. There's no reason why this particular night is of the demons. We've, <laughs> we've not figured out why this night in particular is that night, but... um. Uh, no, it's like, I guess there's, I, I think it's, it's, it's on Halloween. It happens like on Halloween. Uh, there's a bunch of teenagers, like I said before, they go to, a, uh, it's actually an abandoned funeral parlor car, called the whole house. Um, and it's supposed to be built on this like evil patch of land where there's like the stream that goes underneath it. There's somehow like something happens to where on Halloween and it has something to do with the stream that runs under the house. Like basically demons can materialize like there's some portal that opens or something and so these teens decide that it's going to go they're going to have this awesome party there and they're not all friends they're from like different groups and stuff so it's like kind of like each you got like all your stereotypical type of kids there you got like your kind of your big jock guy his name's stooge played by this guy he, he looks like if like Rocksteady and Bebop were humans that like, this is probably what <laughs> okay. he'd look like, right? Um, and all the characters like, <laughs> well, um, I'm talking about like the the older ones, yeah, but yeah. Um, the like each character, they're almost like done in, in a, like all their mannerisms, their outfits and stuff. It's just done up to almost cartoony point, um, and they're okay. just all played up like really crazy with their personalities and stuff um Linnea Quigley is in this movie um and she is one of the like biggest screen queens from like the 80s probably um she's been in so much stuff um uh, uh Return of the Living Dead she was in um and she's been in just tons of tons of stuff usually she's uh not very shy with um oh. removing garments okay. if you know yep. what i mean i know, who's so, that okay. um, I know who that is now <laughs> yeah so um you chances are you've probably seen linnea quigley if you know you don't know her name chances are um, you've seen a lot of linnea quigley <laughs> yeah oh yeah and especially in this no movie too. Is. <laughs> um so this movie's originally released back in 88 1988 um and it was directed by kevin tinney um it had a budget about one point two million dollars, and it went on to gross a little over three million. So it had it was a somewhat of a commercial success. It didn't make a ton of money, um, but it did open you know nationwide. This movie, I always wanted to watch it growing up because, like I said, I'd see it at the VHS store, and my mother would never let me rent it. Um, I still remember um, the box art like to this day, and we happened to do a podcast about it recently, and I ended up getting it. Now, Jamie, my wife, she loves watching scary movies with me, but the one thing she's not really into is, like, older horror movies, like, especially stuff from, like, the 80s and 70s she's not really into. Some of the older stuff, like some black and white horror. What the heck? Here's the reason why. She prefers movies that uh, feel more realistic 
Uh, so get... movies like Sinister or Conjuring, something that where mm. she feels like it's somewhat grounded in reality and it's taken serious as it is actually happening, not like slapstick horror. She doesn't like um, gore horror. She's not a big so. So there's very specific kind of stuff that I know if I'm going to have Jamie watch, like I know she will either like this or it's probably not for her. And I knew going into this is Night of the Demons was not her movie. I was like, I, I just, I know what she's into. She's not, but um, my brother and I started watching it last week to get ready for the show. And she ended up just didn't have anything to do. So she sat and watched it with us. She ended up loving the movie. Oh, okay. Which I was so surprised about. And I had to say, this movie, it's just so much fun to watch. It's It doesn't do anything crazy different. It's just, like, the gags are good. It's funny. It's uh, It seems like all the characters just really had a lot of fun with it. Um, and it's just, it's a really cool movie. I really suggest you guys to check it out if you've, if you've not done it. This is probably one of the, like, the movies if I probably put, like, maybe five to ten horror movies that I haven't watched, but I really need to. This is definitely one of the ones that was, like, on top of my list because I know how affected it is, and I know a lot of people really love it. And it's just one of those that, for whatever reason, I just never got to watch to watching it when I was a kid. Um, one little cool uh, little tidbit is apparently it was actually referenced, the movie was referenced in an episode of Deadwood. I guess there's in the oh. convenience store, there's the VHS of the movie, like sitting on one of the shelves in Deadwood, which takes place, what, like in the late 1800s or whatever. So, um, wow. Okay. Interesting. VHS nice. would have been really new back then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I have no idea who Leanne, Le, 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 Linnea. Linnea, Quig, Linnea Quigley is. Um, Cause I'm not, as I'm not hugely into horror movies like you guys are, I do enjoy some of them, but yeah, I, but I've just gone to her IMDb page. She has done so many movies, and they all appear to be horror-themed movies. And I don't know yep. if you know, she's still making them. Oh, she's yeah. Got oh, movie, yeah. She's yeah. got movies in pre-production, some going out in 2022 due for release, and then it's like three others afterwards. And three, three like a couple of them just jumped out at me. Sorority Babes in the Slime Bowl O-Rama 2. Oh, yeah. And Terror Tunes 4. What? I, I've seen Terror Tunes, the original one. I didn't it, realize there was like sequels. Wow. Okay. It's basically <laughs> like it, if you've played a Duke Nukem game and you saw like beach babes in Brooklyn blowing up uh, bombs or something like some made up poster, <laughs> she was in the movie that that poster is making fun of. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I, I, I'm going to have to watch some of this stuff. She's great uh, because like yeah. she she knows she's in schlocky yeah. stuff. You know what I mean? She's not a, yeah. a dumb person, but she you know she just embraces it man she's and she's made a name for herself the people in the community love her yeah she seems like a sweetheart of a person i've never met her or anything like that but just in the interviews the behind the scenes stuff i've seen of her she just looks like someone who is probably yeah. awesome to have on set and just a really fun uh person to be around so and um, she's made a career she's clearly made a career out of it she's yeah. been working since 1975 doing these movies there's tons of movies in her list it's amazing so i will tell you what yeah. graham um check this movie out i'm gonna read that book that you <laughs> okay uh suggested you read die of the demon or watch die of the demon i should say and i'll read Night that of book the demon. So i'm gonna type it in um i i kind of i wonder like based on your description of the plot there is there, aside from the horrible, uh, I'm sorry, some people uh, do dig the scary movies that are called scary movie, 
Is there a movie that makes fun of the fact that all the bullshit's happening on Halloween night? And I wonder if there's ever like a scene where like groups of teens are running into each other, like asking for help. And meanwhile, one of them's like, no, we got our own issue to deal with to prevent a different wormhole portal to hell. Sorry, got to go. <laughs> the only thing that I, I, I remember like kind of similar, and it's not really, but um, Shaun of the Dead, there's that yeah. one funny scene where they walk, go by the same group of people and they're just like <laughs> doing the same thing. Um <laughs> I thought that was great. That's just so funny that yeah. it just it, it calls it the point exactly what you're saying though, Scotty. Like, yes, there is an like an apocalypse happening around you, but in this story we're only like following around these one group of people. But mind you, there's all of this other crazy stuff happening around you. It's just yeah. 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 It's, um, actually it it doesn't really address it, but it kind of goes with that theme if you guys have ever seen the movie Trick or Treat. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. it sort of takes that idea, but not to a hilarity standpoint. It we just recently watched that. I uh, it, it's it's cool as a new monster, sort of in that monster universe type thing. Trick or treat kind of has that idea. Yep, that that I think this fun. is something you guys would like, Scotty. Yeah, um, I know you know your girlfriend. You guys watch horror stuff. And I think this is definitely something right up your alley. And I, and I I think you guys are gonna like it. I'm more interested to see what Graham because I don't know if like how how much you are into this type of stuff, Graham. I I would be interested in seeing like what whether you like it or not. Okay, I, I'm interested to find out myself as well, to be honest. Because <laughs> uh, yeah, I, there's certain horror genres and movies I do enjoy. Uh, I haven't I have to admit I haven't seen many of the the big ones. Like I've seen Halloween as in the new Halloween, and I've seen Halloween H two O, but those are the only Halloween movies I've seen. So, it's a for example, horror... for like yeah, horror movies. Uh, so, like for these schlocky horror movies, I've seen. I say I've seen. Um, what's, oh, I've forgotten the name of it. The Terror Tunes. I've seen the original Terror Tunes. I've seen a couple of other movies, a bit like that. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm interested. I I'll give this a shot for sure. It's a hard genre as much as like sci-fi is to keep up with because there's so many sub-genres to know what you're like. Because mm. th- there's some horror movies that I will like not bother with because it's just like I don't need torture porn you know but i like other stuff so yeah. it's it's like it's hard to keep I, up i love i love the original saw movie because i thought it's quite psychological and i think i enjoyed the second saw movie and then i think it's either the third or fourth saw movie there's a bit at the start where someone's got to get some a key out of some acid when they to unlock this thing that's strapped to them and when they finally do they yeah. can't unlock it because the key's melted down too much and then it just rips them apart and i was like Somebody had to think this up, and I was like, "This is a bit too far for me." I was just like, "Yeah, I'm not, I'm not enjoying right. this right now. This yeah. is not my kind of horror." Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, yeah, I so, don't enjoy like torture stuff, and like, yeah. I, I wasn't a fan of the hostile stuff. I, I, I like, I, I like lots of different genres, but that's not one that I'm big on personally. Like, yeah, I, it's, I, I like that stuff in certain. You know, instances like gore and horror is fine when yeah. done right. Um, but I, 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 I prefer like you know build up the suspense and you know and and that mm. sort of thing, traditional type stuff. But, yeah, um, I'm, yeah, like yeah, I, I, I'm the same. I, d- I don't mind a little bit of gore or a tiny, even just a tiny bit of torture, as it were, in a movie. But I'm not like into ones that are like full on gore, full on torture throughout the whole movie. I'm like. Yeah, kind of. This isn't my thing, really. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm always also. Yeah. My son dislo- oh, oh, I was ahead, just going to say that, like, the last like aspect of horror and stuff is 
sometimes I like it better when they don't show stuff and they really let the audience's yeah. imagination go crazy. Mm-hmm. Like that's what like Alfred Hitchcock was known for that stuff in, in some of his movies that even because of budget, but like that actually makes it sometimes scarier because it just lets you decide yeah. what's going on. Well, the first Texas Chainsaw Massacre, if you go back and watch oh, it, there's yeah. really not any kill that happened on horror, screen. Yeah. It's, it's all off screen stuff. Um, and so there's really nothing that you see like, and that was all because they're trying to get through like sensors and stuff. And, yeah. and they're trying I, to get a certain rating. Um, I can vaguely remember there's at least, at least one pretty bad murder when doesn't want some, just not really a spoiler. Cause it's like a 40 year old movie. But some guy, when they go into the house, he opens the kitchen and then like, I think Leatherface then he just smashes his head in with a hammer straight away. Well, a lot of the times it will, it actually doesn't show it. The actual, the violent oh, it cuts away yeah. it yeah, cuts away right before you the don't see it on screen there's even a scene of him a grabbing a girl and okay. like my son's it <laughs> yes I know, yeah you you see it in your mind but if you actually go back and watch it it does not actually show the spike <sighs> going in or anything else it just it shows him about to do it it cuts away and i think maybe a shadow and then you see her body there, and then but you don't actually see it. So that okay. was like their way of getting around, you know, anything beyond like an R rating or anything like that. Yeah. It's just putting that part out, and they're able to get through some sensor stuff. Yeah, which I think, yeah, in some ways that works better. And yeah, I but like your point, Scotty. I think that stuff. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Like when you do that, you leave it a little open to the imagination, and sometimes mm. that's way scarier. Yeah, like with you know the original Jaws. That's I found it terrifying as a child, but I watched a documentary about it, and yeah, they they couldn't get the shark to work properly. So yeah. for the first half of the movie, you never see it; you just see the fin occasionally, but you never see the prop actual mechanical shark. And they said they worked out way better. They're like, it's just so much more terrifying. They've got that music there, this kind of builds up the suspense, and then like people get dragged under and stuff. You're like, what? It's under the water! Holy crap! Oh my god! Something massive must be there. So it's kind of really draws you in, and yeah, I love that sort of stuff. Uh, yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's exciting. I love it. Uh, does, does anyone have any other questions for, well, for Chris? Scotty, do you have any more questions about Night of the Demons at all? Um, no, I'm still digging through the ditches and burning through the witches. There is some <laughs> weird stuff that happens in this movie, though. Um, oh, yeah, I'm not okay. going to say it. There's just random weird stuff that happens, and it's never explained. The best thing to do is just don't even question it. Just accept <laughs> that it happened and just keep going. I guarantee you, okay. it'll make it way easier for you. Just, just go on with your life. Just okay. That one, well, that one bit there. That's that's just one piece of advice. Okay. Well, I will try and watch in the next week, and I will try and get back to you and let you know how it went and if those bits annoyed me. But with that, we will put our picks of the week to bed, and we will quickly move on to our feature discussion. What's up, guys? We are on Twitch three days a week, sometimes more, sometimes less. What is the internet? But if you go to twitch.tv backslash megavisions, Monday, Mon- mm-hmm. Monday, Wednesdays, Thursdays, uh, you will see us playing everything from Fantasy Star Online 2 to Anarchy Reigns on our Thursday night throwdowns, which we do also invite the community into. Uh, and we have coming up on there to be hosted on Twitch is the 24-hour Dreamless Dreamcast Marathon on September 12th. Mark your calendars, but otherwise, t- check us out any day throughout the week. Keep an eye on twitch.tv backslash megavisions.
And that will move us on to our feature discussion of the week, which this week we're mixing up as always, and we're going to be talking about scary moments in non-scary games. So yeah, essentially some game, some moments in games that we found truly terrifying that actually made us like scream and uh, or cry or I don't know, hide behind the pillow, run behind the sofa, hide in the fridge. Those sort of moments that we found in completely non-scary games. Uh, so let's find out how big of a chicken we all are, and I will kick this off. So the game I'm going to talk about is The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time. Uh, so there was a moment in that game which I genuinely got terrified at, to the point I screamed out loud and threw my controller at the <laughs> console. Uh, so... I, I need to I need to explain how that happened though because <laughs> as hopefully everyone knows Zelda games are not really scary at all and uh, I would say the Ocarina of Time is not a scary horror game in any way shape or form oh, right. especially based on the visuals of it but um, so essentially this happened quite early on in the game maybe an hour or so into the game because I if you if you if you're not aware if you haven't really played the game you start the game you're in like uh, an area called kakiri forest you can't really get out that area until you do your first dungeon and so the first dungeon is the great deku tree you have to go in and save the deku tree after collecting like a sword and shield uh and then at that point you then get to leave kakiri forest and kakiri forest is quite a little villagey area and um one of the most exciting things that i wanted to do in the ocarina of time was go out into the world because it's like one of those the first really big open 3d worlds and environments and i was getting really excited for it and uh so i left the forest and then like you walk out like this little corridor bit and suddenly you have to speak to an owl and the owl's really annoying it's like rrr, yeah. rrr, do you need to do this and it's like for god's sake shut up i just want to play the game and then at that point the owl flies off and you get to step into hyrule field for the first time and like the music comes up and stuff and i was like oh wow this is amazing i sort of took a few steps out of like the little entranceway and just stood there and uh, just like looked around and i could see the sun in the sky and the music was up and like sort of you know playing in the background and i still went into first person view and just started just started just looking around just standing on the spot looking around i was started watching the sun in the sky just going across going across and then like the sun started to set i was like that's amazing like i've never seen that in a game before that people these days like that that why is that a big deal back then that had never happened in a game as far as i'm aware and then like the sun went down and the night sort of started to rise and like the moon started coming up in the sky. I was like, oh, the moon, look at the moon. Oh, and all the all the ambient noise went down. You could hear sort of wolves howling in the distance and stuff and like little chirping of birds and things like, wow. And then suddenly I heard this like weird noise. I was like, what is that noise? Still in first person view, looking around. And then I looked down and just looking directly down, this skeleton's head just came out of, out of me like that. And, and I was just like, ah! and so through the controller. I was like, Jesus Christ. I had no idea that was going to happen. And yeah, it was just like one of the uh, skull toolers just came out of the ground or whatever. And I was just like, but it was right in my face. I was like, Jesus Christ. I like, genuinely scared. Like, oh, it's going to get me. Um, so yeah, that was Doesn't that truly terrifying. Doesn't like, you stand around for too long, you're idle for too long or something? It's just to get you moving, I think. It's 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 whatever it comes to nightfall in Ocarina uh, oh, right, of right, Time. Right. They would just come out of the ground, so they'll just come out. If you start running along, even they'll start coming out of the ground near you. But I just happen to be standing there, going, "Wow, look at the moon! It's in the sky!" Like, oh. I'm like, Ugh. but it's just the way I looked down. It literally was right below where my feet coming up. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> wow. So yeah, that's 
that was one of the most terrifying moments I've ever had in the game. I mean, that's put I, Alien Isolation to, to shame, I'd say. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, so, guys, are you as big as Wimpy as I am? Chris, have you had a, have you had truly scary moments in non-scary games? This oh. was a tough question. I, I actually that? had a comment oh. about your moment there. Okay, fair enough. Fair um, enough. Okay. Because I do remember that stuff. I was hooked on Ocarina at the time. It definitely... It sucked me in way more than Mario 64 and other stuff, but, um, and I do remember that big, like, breathtaking moment of how big the field is and everything, um, but there was a part in that game that did freak me out, and it's when those very slow-paced zombies are approaching you, and if they grab you, the horrible shrieking noise that they make, I mean, it it didn't, (laughs) I mean, it spooked me at first, but not, not to the, not to the level that you had there, but it was, uh, so unbearable to the point that i would like go out of my way to avoid those enemies because it was just like when they grab you it's like this horrible death scream yeah that that's that's kind of chilling actually, and they do like, look and they're like this yeah. emotionless just empty face as well on their, yeah uh, yeah uh, whatever it is they're like zombies or something so, so maybe ocarina of time is a horror game oh my god there's wow, other spooky twist. parts in that game for sure so <laughs> oh brilliant um, sorry, so Chris, um, what is uh, what is your pick? Yeah, so like I was saying, this it took me a while to sit there and think about it, and I was like, man, because most of the time I get scared in a video game, it's because the game's supposed to scare me. It's a horror game, so this is a tough one. But I will say, I started thinking back, and I found the game, and I have to say, it's Minecraft is the okay. game <laughs> that I was playing with my kids. I remember. Because they got really into it, and I would hear that it was like this, what it was about and stuff, and so, and I never really played it, and, and finally one day they got me to play it. This was years ago, and I gotta say, as we started, like, building our uh, house, they were kind of teaching me how to play and stuff, and I was having a lot of fun with it, like going and making a little grass and building a little wall and stuff, and I was doing all that, and then it started getting night. And then all of a sudden we start building and I turn around and there's like spiders and zombie creepers coming around <laughs> and it freaked me out. I'm like, what is this? I was not <laughs> expecting that. And they're all coming in like attacking our house and stuff. It was crazy. Um, I can't say I got legitimately scared about it, but it did surprise me. And I thought it was a really cool twist. Uh, I wasn't expecting <laughs> it. So I got a little, a little uh, shook for Minecraft. Well, it's yeah, a sharp I, I, contrast to how that game plays overall, too, with the, like, light right, piano yeah, in the yeah. background and whatever, know, you're just kind of chopping away at your fence or whatever. Yeah, I, I've, I've, I've seen videos of people, like, and I thought, actually, that could be quite scary. Like, someone's <laughs> building a house, and they turn around. And like, yeah, that would scare people. me. I can't play that <laughs> yeah. game. Too yeah, scary. that's too scary. Yeah, yeah, that's, uh, uh, I have played Minecraft, but I, I kind of knew those things existed. So yeah, I've seen people like going digging into caves and stuff, and they're finding creepers down there and stuff. Um, right. But yeah, I can I can imagine the first time you play that, if you just didn't know that was a thing, that would be quite. Oh my god, what the hell? What's going on? Mm-hmm. It was um, a cool experience, and yeah, I, and I played it for like two more days, and I was like, this game's awesome. And then I was like, I did. What's the point of this game? I'm <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> And then yeah. I've never really played it so much. So. Wow. Sounds about right. And, and Scott, <laughs> Odin's giving a Odin's thumbs down there. Is, uh, the no, there. Minecraft yep. is 10 out of 10. Dad is wrong. Your turn, Scotty. Yep. Yeah. Oh, for sure. <laughs> I'm surprised he didn't give me one of those like old like show tunes, like little cane that yeah. yanks me off screen. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> it, it takes over from here. Yeah. Uh, it's a Scott Zombie. 
have you got a game that's not scary that scared you um i had to think about this one as well i struggled a little bit mainly because i play a lot of creepier stuff um but it was another uh fun reminder that this wall of games behind me does serve a purpose and it made me feel worthwhile (laughs) that it's taking up so much space because i just stared at for a second i'm like jesus christ what creepy game i'm like it can't be alien trilogy it can't be whatever else um but then i found it going down to the more retro section the first Jurassic Park game on Sega Genesis. Um, oh, okay. So the opening scene of it, it does... Uh, well, before I get into the s- scary part, I'll say one of the best things that I do miss about old games is how they would incorporate uh, different logos into it and everything. With with this one on the Genesis, the T-Rex would come up and say Sega. He would be like, Sega, <laughs> if you guys remember that at all. Um, Vaguely. Yeah, but anyway, but yeah, the, the game opens with um, showing you like, oh, in case you haven't seen one of the most popular movies in existence, uh, there's the T-Rex that comes in, like shifts into the screen of the stranded Jeep under the thunderstorm and everything. And like you see that just the T-Rex's face and just blackness behind it. Uh, and then you start the game as uh, Dr. Grant with no face and that big hat you remember. Um, but that that the game itself starts out a little creepy because it is very dark and you can't see a whole lot. And when you do actually encounter dinosaurs, you don't kill them. You just uh, tranquilize them or put them to sleep or whatever. Um, but the, the, the part that did get me uh, <clears throat> is when you encounter the T-Rex for the first time uh, in the game, I should say, uh, it, like during gameplay, because you're in more of a lab type area and you have to and you kind of you're aware of the noises dinosaurs make and stuff like that but then you get to a part where the t-rex literally bursts through the wall and it's just his head in the background and the first time that happens i was like what are you doing and i i remember backtracking (laughs) and thinking like i'm gonna outsmart this game maybe if i back up and like creep onto the screen he won't show up yet or i'll be able to bypass him or whatever because you can't it's a one-hit kill because if the t-rex snacks snags you you're a snack that's it you're done so i remember it was the first time in video games that i was i was so scared that i didn't want to progress like i didn't want to go on to this area (laughs) because i knew i was gonna die and it's scary because you can like see and it's funny because you can like creep into that that frame of it and you just see him like looking around like waiting for you to chomp you know just waiting for you to try to get by because you're a dumb old human and you're gonna be his 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 hors d'oeuvre um but i remember that that was the first time that i was like legit scared like a game like actually made me jump and i did not want to continue because i was so scared of dying in the game so it was it was a combination of actual fear but also like how the hell do i get past this part you know wow i love it yeah oh that's I forget actually the Genesis version of Jurassic Park is that the one that's side scrolling like a side scrolling platform or is it the top yeah. down view one? Um, the how could you get them confused? It's not like there was a Jurassic Park on literally every console when it came out. <laughs> um, no, the because the the one on Super Nintendo was a a top down view and yes. it was like yeah. almost a zombies ate my neighbors kind of thing where you could shoot in any direction and you had to collect dinosaur right. eggs I think or something weird. But it was two player. I can't remember what um, yeah, yeah the, I remember the, playing with friends, but yeah, the Genesis one was a side scroller where you could play as Doctor Grant or as a Velociraptor. Um, needless to say, Ooh. I've never beaten it as Grant because why would I play the game as him when I could be a freaking Velociraptor? So, and there was also the the Rampage edition, which I don't really remember the differences other than maybe it was more difficult. Um, I have one. I think I've got. Yeah, because there was the original Jurassic Park. 
And the Rampage edition, I feel like maybe it had a different boss or something. I don't know if it was a fully different game. Um, but I was all about Jurassic Park as a kid. Uh, but that was, yeah, what scared me. And I don't know if it was meant to be a jump scare, per se. Um, Graham is still looking for his something. You're gra- he's grabbing, like, five cases off the wall now. <laughs> so He's excited. I, 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 I don't think I've even played the Mega Drive versions, but I have Jurassic Park... Jurassic Park Rampage Edition yeah. and Jurassic Park The Lost World on the Mega Drive. So I think these are quite recent pickups in the last year. So I haven't actually played them. Well, what's it say on yeah. the back of Rampage then? Uh, Rampage Edition is faster, tougher, and more dangerous than ever. Take up arms as Dr. Grant to blast through all new action packed levels or be a razor clawed raptor as you dodge the slashing jaws of the mighty T Rex. Man or beast, the goal is the same. Escape yeah. the island alive before it blows. And in fact, the I don't know if it's just the quality of the images, but the back of the Rampage edition, which is this one, looks a lot better than the back of <laughs> the original one. Like it's just the better colours and it seems a bit clearer. Yeah. So maybe I'll play these. I should, maybe I should stream these because I clearly this haven't actually. This ain't your grandpa's <laughs> Jurassic Park or whatever. The... <laughs> yeah, I mean, just the the visuals of the Raptor look way better in Rampage edition. It looks yeah. like like it might have been that. It might have been like. You know how there was Street Fighter Arcade and whatever Street Fighter Turbo. It might have just been a better up up ante yeah. with um, the original Jurassic Park. And Lost World looks like a mix of games. It's kind of got like a top down view thing, but it's got oh. like almost like a first person driving section at the top oh, there. I don't know no. if you can see that. That has to be horrible. And, I want to play that. Where you appear to be on like a raft with a giant alligator crocodile thing. Oh yes, next of course. To you. Yeah, so I have only played the Lost World game on Saturn PS1, so I I don't know that I even knew it was on Mm. Genesis. Maybe. Wow. Kind of curious. And and Lost World is one or two players, so I might check that out. That's this seems fun. Let's let's play some of these. Cool. Um, But yeah, um, and uh, so it seems to me like you both, you you guys aren't as scared of games as I am from what you guys have said. Whereas I seem to be a massive chicken because I can count many games where i've had jump scares like i could come up with like five or six easily off the top of my head keep going you sort of mentioned <laughs> this, this could get me over my fear i could actually play games yeah. because the, the thing is you mentioned about jurassic park there being like one of the first legitimate jump scares you've ever had in a game um up up until like for years i was not scared of games at all like genuinely wasn't scared until i played the original tomb raider on the pc um and Saturn is on the Saturn obviously as well and PlayStation. Um but so I wouldn't consider the Tomb Raider games to be horror games as such. Um and definitely the way they start off aren't that scary. But I just remember there's a couple of bits. So uh the the first part is uh I, I was playing the game like on my own and with a friend and we were doing pretty well. We got through most like most of the game quite easily, quite happily without getting scared. But I went around to a friend's house who just picked up the game. He was like, oh, yeah, I just picked up Tomb Raider. I'm like, yeah, cool, let's play it. And there's me, him, and some other guy. And we're kind of taking in turns and stuff. And I think I played through most of the first level. And then, like, the second level came up. Um, it was either the second I think it was the second level. And I was sort of just, like, chilling out, sort of, like, leaning against his desk, kind of just like, yeah. And he's, like, walking around, being a bit slow. And there's this area where there's, like, a little bit of water. And then it's, like, this old, it kind of looks like an old, barn but it's like all inside this tomb thing and i was like oh yeah be careful because i think i think there's a bear around here 
that I was like kind of like questioning myself. I was sort of like, kind of half lying down. I was like, yeah, there's a bear, 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 and then like they're like they're like bear, 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 and they like they, they sort of like we sort of made ourselves a kind of panicky. And then he was just like, well, where is it? Where is it? He was looking around. He couldn't see it. Then he turned around and literally the bear was right behind me going, Arr. and we were just sort of like, Arr. so all three of us just like screamed basically. And we're like, Jesus Christ. Um, and another part in the game, which genuinely made me scared for most video games with water in them is later in, later in the game. It genuinely terrified me when, uh, essentially, for, for the, the first few levels of the game, you can go in water. That's the one way to get away from most enemies. You can jump in water because they don't follow you in there. Um, and then there's one of the later levels that maybe halfway through, you're sliding down like this this oh. slopey thing, and I think yeah. you get an opportunity to jump at some point to get onto another ledge. But if you fail that, you fall into some water. And as we were falling in the water, I sort of turned to my friend and went, I swear to God, I just saw something moving in that water. And they're like, what are you talking about? I'm like, something was in the water and he's like swimming along and as he's swimming along you just see this crocodile just come up behind him and just like grab lara and we're, we're all just like Jesus Christ. and from that moment in the game we couldn't trust water anymore because crocodiles <laughs> could be in the water basically and it, every time we came out to a bit of water we're like nope nope because in the first tomb raider you don't have any underwater weapons so it's just like oh, yeah. you're screwed. You have to really swim past everything, and it's it's kind of terrifying because there's cause quite a few crocodiles later in that game. Uh, yeah, and that, that from then on, I've always had a fear of water in games. Like before that, didn't have a problem, not a problem at all. And that so Tomb Raider is one of the games that actually got me scared of games, basically. Uh, even though it's not uh, a horror game. Bad since. <laughs> exactly. Yep. I only shower to me, my friend, and that's just with a bucket of water because I know what's in there. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, I don't remember that in that. I, maybe I didn't get that far. Or maybe it's different in the Saturn version. I don't remember crocodiles ever, but I, uh, I thought you were talking what? about a different spot avoiding the water, though. Uh, oh no, there's tons of crocodiles. Yeah, I've got. I, I finished on the Saturn. There's definitely crocodiles in it. I might just not have gotten as far. Um, the only part okay, I remember a yeah. lot of underwater portions is that area where you have to um, progress and drain the water in some parts and. Yeah, I don't remember crocodiles at all. Okay. Actually, I thought you were leaning into the T Rex portion of that as well, or something. Oh, see, that didn't scare us. Yeah, you kind of <laughs> like saw, yeah, saw it coming. Like, I think when it, when it happened, we we're like, "Oh my god, what is that?" But we weren't like proper scared. We we're like, "Whoa, there's a freaking T Rex in this game!" And right. like the Lost Raptors and stuff. In like the level but... that is actually called the Lost World as well. <laughs> Indeed, yeah. <laughs> um, so. But yeah, we were like, we were more like, "Oh, this is awesome!" And for most of that game, like the game i was like this is awesome but there's a few moments i was like holy shit like just genuinely yeah. scared um yeah so yeah and i've got other games i could mention so maybe next year i'll bust out some more um and get you guys to play less scary games that scare you in the meantime i don't know but yeah so there we go and uh if uh the i mean is there any other comments on that at all chris do you think i'm a massive chicken or I always thought you're massive chicken so it hasn't Fair changed enough. <laughs> I've just cemented. I've just cemented that fact for you. Brilliant. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, but for any of the audience out there, any of the listeners, watchers, let us know if you've played some non-scary games that actually terrified you, possibly to the point of like crying or throwing your controller down, because uh, that's certainly happened to me more than once. And yeah, with that, I guess that kind of brings us to the end of that segment and the end of the show. So before we go. Have we got any announcements, chaps? So, Chris, have you got any announcements for any of the side stuff that you're doing at the moment? 
Um, nothing, but I'm I'm hoping the next time I come on, I'm I'm not exactly sure when I'll be on the next show, but I'm I'm ha- I'm hoping by then I'll have some updates on the Mega Barn. I'll, we'll definitely have um an update on the next issue of the magazine. I need to talk Ooh. with um with Sketch and see where we're at with that. So just so people know, um basically things are kind of s- slow going right now with the next issue. Sketch is uh basically dedicating every Sunday that he has uh, to work on the, on the magazine. He's taken there's several days a week that he's doing like uh, game dev stuff, you know, for some of the side projects and then his like his normal sketch craft stuff too. So for right now, because of his game project that he's currently uh, contracted for uh, that's kind of taken up some of the time that he normally would have, you know, for design layout mm. for the magazine. So um, I'm super excited for him, you know, because this is like Sketch's dream to finally be able to work on 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 games and stuff. Because obviously, yeah. you guys know Crash Four just released. He he did a lot of art, concept art, and a lot of stuff on that. So super excited for him. But yeah, so this issue is coming along. It's it's coming along slowly, but it's coming along well. We're on um, the Cyberpunk uh, timeline right now, so we're gonna say <laughs> it's coming out on time. You can book it. <laughs> So <laughs> nice. Well, and people, people have been asking about the mega barn. So any updates you can give them that late, like when you come back, well, oh, yeah. people will be yeah. appreciative. This week, actually, yeah. I'm hoping this week will be a very important week for the mega barn. Um, and next time I come on, I'm hoping to have some exciting news for that. Oh, amazing. Fantastic. And Scotty, have we got any site announcements at all? Or? We sure do. He's nodding his head. Um, Very uh, uh, aside from the usual stream, streaming schedule, Extra Life Day is coming up. So we did the marathon outside of... Uh, there is an Extra Life Day dedicated in November of every year where everybody streams, everybody raises money for the kids and everything. Um, we do the marathon outside of that to celebrate the Dreamcast, but also uh, it's a little easier for us to raise money when we're not competing against giant sites and things like that. Mm-hmm. But... All that in mind, we do, of course, still want to stream and represent ourselves on Extra Life Day, which is November 7th. This year, I made the decision that myself, uh, I, I, I didn't convince them, I didn't bribe them, but three insane people are joining me. That's Corey, a.k.a. Tornado Jones, Anti-Chris, and Kusanagi. We are going to play through a full, maxed-out Precious Stone game of Sonic Shuffle on Extra Life Day, starting at 12 p.m. Wow. Eastern Standard Time, because we hate ourselves, but it's for the kids. You guys are insane. You guys are yeah. insane. So I, <laughs> I love the idea. As someone who I I don't hate Sonic Shuffle as much as probably 98 percent of people out there do. Yeah. Um. So I I love this. I'm super excited. I'm I'm definitely going to be tuning in for this because I can't wait to see. <laughs> because <laughs> I, I play it and I, I I find some enjoyment out of it because I, I know some of these guys are going to hate it. I can't wait to see how bad these games. <laughs> I couldn't find a definite answer anywhere on how long this should take. So we might be done in two hours. We might be done in seven hours. I really don't know because there's oh, like one gameplay video of this game, a full playthrough, and it's like six and a half hours long. But oh, I, well, I'm glad we're gonna have another one on there. At geez, least we'll have yeah. that on the internet. Like this, we finally answered this age-old question that everyone's been asking about Sonic Shuffle. Yeah, 
<laughs> so it's um, for, oh, I guess for those that have no idea what Sonic Shuffle is, uh, it's essentially a Mario Party ripoff. And instead of collecting stars, you get these things called precious stones. During the marathon, we've always had it as a goal, raise $666, we stop everything, play Sonic Shuffle, and we normally maybe get one precious stone in the hour that we play it, and so we've never gone beyond that. Uh, So we're going to try, I think you can set it to a max of either six or seven, and we're going to see how that works. (laughs) I I vaguely remember the, 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 the first marathon that I was on, so that was a couple of years ago, we played for like the hour and we didn't get a precious stone. Like no. we just, we ended up giving up. We just like, it's if the hour's over, we're like, Oh, thank God. Wow. It should be fun. Yeah. It, that's it, it, It'll be fun regardless. And maybe uh, we'll yeah. crack the uh, $1,500 mark because yeah. we've raised almost that much for the year. So. Oh, perfect. Yeah. That, that'd be amazing. So yeah. If, if anyone wants to tune in to people torturing themselves with Sonic Shuffle and the hilariousness around that, then also give some money to charity and help out a charity. If you just watch it, if you can't, you know, money's tight for some people at the moment, just, just hop on and watch it and any support you can give us just saying hi or whatever. Amazing. Thank you so much. Um, yeah. and with that, then I guess that wraps up the show. So thanks everybody for watching, for listening, uh, for sending in any comments and feedback. Um, I know we were light on comments and feedback this week, but people have been sending stuff in, so thank you very much. And with that, catch you all later and be excellent to each other. Bye. See ya. You guys need a break or are you good i'm good i go. can push through cool awesome what sorry i'm reading more dragula what? lyrics sorry <laughs> <laughs> do you want to read them out quickly uh yeah sure while you're doing that i'm just gonna i'm, I'm gonna some i'm just gonna get more water i'll be right back okay uh yeah dead i because i thought it said deadpool but it says dead i am the pool spreading from the fool Weak in what you need, nowhere as you bleed. Those I remember, but the, I, I've definitely never like actually listened to what this song is saying. Uh, and this line emphasizes that with "Dead I am the rat, feast upon your cat, tender is the fur, dying as you purr." Oh God! Because I remember wow. the remix version of that on Jet Set Radio, where it's like, "Yeah, uh, dying as you purr." Uh, like, okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mostly know the Jetset Radio version. <laughs> to a bit. Yeah, that song was in every form of media the year that it came out. So either Matrix oh, okay. or Jetset or something else, you heard it. Oh, yeah, I forgot it was in the Matrix. Yeah. Was it Twisted actually... Metal 2 or 3? Uh, I think 3. I think Rob Zombie was most of the soundtrack for Twisted Metal 3. <laughs> yeah, I can't remember if it was 2 or 3, but yeah. Um... 
Dragula was really big in that game. I mean, that might base was the the game's like official theme song. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like like how Superman is to Tony Hawk, Dragula is to Twisted Metal Three. That's a question on the SATs now, by the way. <laughs> might as well be. Yeah, no. Wow. <laughs> 